الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اللهم لك الحمد وإليك المشتكى وبك ثقة وعليك التكلان ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم لا سهر إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن شاء الله تعالى this is our weekly tafsir session and today inshallah ta'ala will be starting from surah al-baqarah verse 30 surah al-baqarah verse 30 um, today our uh, talk and our lesson is mainly going to be about the story of adam alayhi salam and how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored him and honored his dhurriya his children the children of adam meaning mankind we're going to learn about the uh, story of adam and iblis and before that the story of between Adam and the angels It's very relevant to the general theme of the surah Because we mentioned in our first or second session Surah Al-Baqarah has an overarching theme A hidayah or, or a general hidayah or a general maqsad And that is to highlight those who obeyed Allah Almighty And where they ended up And those who disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And where they ended up and there are many examples of people either obeying or disobeying Allah Almighty and that the reason we are here and why we exist is to worship Allah Almighty and to live the life Allah wants us to live. And we have many examples of this and the story of Adam is one of those examples that we can look to and extract lessons from. When Iblis refuses to listen to Allah Almighty when he is told to bow down to Adam, an example of disobedience and arrogance. When Adam makes an error and eats from the fruit that he wasn't supposed to, another example of human error. And then his eventual tawbah and repentance to Allah, an example of what we are supposed to do when we make mistakes. We learn the virtue of knowledge in this story and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala establishes the superiority of Adam salam through knowledge and many other benefits as well. We begin by the first verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةٌ قَالُوا أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءَ وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ قَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts by saying وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ to the angels, Inni Ja'ilun fil Ardi Khalifa. I am going to place on the earth a Khalifa. Now, this term Khalifa, the scholars have uh, understood different meanings from it. Inni Ja'ilun fil Ardi Khalifa. I'm going to place on the earth a successor or a successor who is an authority. Or, Inni Ja'ilun fil Ardi Khalifa. I'm going to place on the earth. Generations after generations that will succeed one another. And this is referring to mankind. Or it is referring to Adam himself who is the original Khalifa. The first authority that was placed on earth. The first of mankind. The first human. Now the angels then ask Allah. They said, the angels. Oh Allah. Are you going to place on the earth one who will commit acts of corruption? And will shed blood? While we glorify you, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We glorify you in praise or with praises. And we purify ourselves for you. Then Allah replied to the angels, I know that which you do not know. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to the angels and announcing to them what he is about to do. How he is going to create a creation. But Allah didn't tell them, I'm going to create a new creation. Allah said, I'm going to establish a khalifa on the earth. I'm going to establish a khalifa, a successor. That will either succeed those who are on earth to begin with. Some scholars said, That on the earth, the jinn lived before mankind. And we know this. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bringing a successor to them. One that comes after them. 
or Khalifa, meaning one that will establish authority in the land and establish the laws of Allah in the land. And that's why the term Khalifa also means a vicegerent, meaning one who is a wakil of another. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants his laws and his worship to be established on the earth and that responsibility falls upon the humans that are there or mankind or in this case Prophet Adam salam to establish that. Or, I am going to place on the earth a generation that will come after one another. They will succeed one another. You have the generation of Adam and then the ones of Noah and then the ones of Ibrahim, one after the other generation after generation. Basically, Allah is telling the angels that He is going to create this new generation, this new creation, starting with Adam. Imam Al Qurtubi mentions that the Khalifa here is most definitely referring to one person, and that is Adam alayhi salam, and that there is no khilaf in it as well. But there is some khilaf in it, like Ibn Kathir mentions, and there are some scholars that mention the Khalifa here is not referring to just Adam, but the whole of mankind, uh, coming after one another. Al Muhim, Allah is announcing to the angel the start of a new creation. Now the question is, the angels immediately question Allah Almighty and say, are you going to create a creation or are you going to place this Khalifa on, this, on the earth and they will cause corruption and they will shed blood? How did the angels know that this would happen? How did they know? The scholars have a few interpretations. One is they knew because um, they took an example of the creation that was on the earth to begin with, which is the jinn. So the jinn was corrupt, causing corruption and the jinn were killing one another and they said qiyasan ala haula qiyasan ala jinn so because there is a lot of similarity between the jinn and the mankind the fact that they have free will the fact that they can fall into error so they, they based on that they said are you going to put on the earth one that will cause corruption and shed blood other scholars have said a stronger opinion is that they understood that from the tabi'ah of the human being, the nature of the human being, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them that he was going to create Adam, that they understood from his nature that he is susceptible to mistakes and error and bull and corruption. And this is the case for the human being. But the strongest opinion, ikhwani wa akhwati fi Allah, my brothers and sisters, is that Allah told them. And there is a narration that alludes to that in, uh, that Imam Tabari mentions, that there was a conversation that took place that is not mentioned here in the verse. And that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels that he's going to create Adam. But then the angels asked, uh, what is he like? And the, Allah then tells them that from his progeny and from his descendants will be those that will cause corruption and shed blood. Which is the case. Human beings have the capacity to do a lot of zulm and a lot of oppression and kill. That's something that we see every day. So Allah told them, and then they asked this question. Oh Allah, why are you uh, creating this creation? And... Uh, if they're going to cause corruption and shed blood. Now their question wasn't one of i'tirad, where they are questioning the wisdom of Allah, or they are disagreeing with Allah, hasha, this is not the case. They were seeking information, they were surprised, su'alu ta'ajjub, they were genuinely wanted to know why Allah is creating this creation, that is going to have the potential to cause corruption and shed blood. And then Allah tells them, inni a'lamu ma la ta'lamun, I know that which you do not know. And what is this that Allah is referring to? We know Allah knows everything. In Allah Allah is the one that has the knowledge of everything. Allah knows that among these human beings will be great messengers and great prophets and great people that worship Allah Almighty, people that are capable of a lot of good, that will do a lot of good, that will gain Allah's uh, approval and pleasure. And, and then will, will, those are the types of people that will be among mankind as well. Something that the angels then did not know. So Allah is saying, I know that which you do not know. How much good they are capable of. How much they are even capable of doing. Whereby they become even better than the angels who are constantly worshipping Allah Almighty. And that's an interesting message as well. Can the human being become better than the angel who never disobeys Allah Almighty? And the scholars have said that in fact the human being is actually more virtuous than the angel by default because Allah requested the angels to bow down to the human being, to Adam alayhi salam, and also that when the human being, with all of its uh, uh, faults, 
and the, the desires that the human beings have and their inclination to do haram and to disobey, if the human being then stops themselves from that and stays on the right path and worships Allah, although the shaitan is influencing you and your nafs is influencing you and you have your personal desires and you have all of these personal weaknesses, you overcome all of that and you are engaged in worship, then you are in a higher level than even the angels who are only worshipping Allah and they are, they are incapable of disobeying Allah Almighty. That shows that the human being overcomes their obstacles to become a abid lillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Allah is saying, I know that which you do not know to the angels, the virtue of human beings, the virtue of Adam himself and how great Adam is. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to start uh, establishing the virtue, the fadl of Adam alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا And Allah indeed has taught Adam the names of everything. The names of everything, or all the names. Before I move on to this verse, if you go back to the first verse we said, When your Lord said to the angels, I'm going to put in place in the earth a successor. And they asked, While we glorify you, Allah, and we purify ourselves for you, Allah. So here you know that the angels are engaged in tasbih, tahmeed, and taqdeez. They are engaged in, in glorifying Allah Almighty and sanctifying Him. They are engaged in praising Allah Almighty. And they are also engaged in nuqaddisu laka, nutahhiru anfusana Like We are purifying ourselves for you. This shows you how virtuous the angels are. And there is an example of how we should be worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are some scholars that said that glorifying here is alluding to prayer. Not just general glorification of Allah, but prayer. We are praying. And this is something that you will find in the Quran where the term tasbih, which means to say subhanallah or to glorify Allah, actually means to pray. And a good example of that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was speaking about Prophet Yunus when he was in the whale of, of the of the when he was in the stomach of the whale, sorry, that Allah says, And if he was not among those who do tasbih, if he was not among those who pray. So this is what this verse is referring to according to some of the uh, ulama of tafsir. Then Allah tells them, I know that which you do not know. And we mentioned that it's referring to Allah's knowledge of the great good that mankind is capable of. So, Then Allah mentions that he taught Adam all the names, the names of everything. Adam salam is the first of mankind. He is the first prophet. He is among the greatest prophets and the most virtuous prophets. Adam salam, there is a lot that can be said about him. And uh, for example, uh, Allah created Adam with his own, with both of his hands. So this is a virtue that Allah gave Adam specifically. Allah created him with his hands. And this is something very special. And also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blew in the ruh in Adam. And also how Adam salam was created in Jannah, like the Prophet in the Hadith, in Allah sawwara Adam fil Jannah. So Allah fashioned Adam in Jannah. And also that the first statement that Adam made was uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blew the, the soul in him that, and then Adam came to life, the first thing Adam did was he sneezed. And then he praised Allah and said, Alhamdulillah. Then Allah said to him, Ya Rahmakullah, may Allah have mercy on you. Subhanallah. Again, it shows you that the first thing mankind said was in praise of Allah Almighty. The first statement our father Adam made was to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Adam, his name, some of the scholars says it comes from the word udmah, and that is referring to his color or complexion. And that is a brownish complexion. complexion. So it's referring to a scholar, and that's where the term Adam came from. Other scholars have said that it comes from the word Adim. And there is a hadith that mentions that Allah created Adam from the surface of the earth. And in some narrations mentioned that Allah took a fistful or a handful of the earth from every type of soil. And we know the earth has, or the soil comes in different colors. You go to the beach, the sand has one color. You go somewhere in the jungle, it has another color. You go somewhere in, in different countries, it has another color. And Allah combined all of those colors and fashioned him in this way. And we know Adam was created from teen, which is the mixing of soil and water. 
which turns into clay. Allah fashioned him himself, alayhi uh, salam. Uh, these are all some of the virtues of Adam. Also how beautiful Adam was, and this is an interesting mas'ala as well, that Adam was the most beautiful human being. And there are some verses that allude to that. When Allah says, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقَوِينَ uh, We have fashioned uh, or created the mankind in the best of forms. And of course we know Adam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him with his hands. So that is that Adam was the be- most beautiful person whom Allah has created from mankind. Which some scholars have disagreed and said it is actually Yusuf alayhi salam. And this is something you guys are all aware of. That Prophet Yusuf was given half of all of beauty. Half of all of beauty. Meaning, half of all of beauty was given to Yusuf, and the other half, the rest of creation, or the rest of mankind, is, uh, they share it. So you can understand how handsome uh, Yusuf was, and that's apparent in his story, to the point where some of the people that uh, were infatuated with his beauty, and, and were, they said, He's not even a human being. He must be a noble angel. It shows you how beautiful and handsome Yusuf was. But there were some scholars that have said that the hadith that mentions uh, Yusuf was given half of beauty is referring to half of the beauty of Adam. Half of the beauty of Adam. And that Adam was the most handsome of all of Allah's creation. And uh, that also makes sense because Adam being the first and Allah creating him and fashioning him with his own hands, that he would get that virtue and Allah knows best. Uh, so, now we, we have a general understanding of who Adam salam was. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just told the angels that Adam uh, will be uh, the authority, the successor uh, on the lands, on the ard. The angels then mentioned that human beings are capable of corruption and bloodshed. Allah told the angels that he, Allah knows that which they do not. And then here Allah is establishing that fact by showing the angels the superiority of Adam when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا And Allah has taught, had taught Adam the names of everything. Now what is this referring to? It is referring to uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving Adam the knowledge of, the, of naming everything. So the scholars of Tafsir mention he was given uh, the knowledge of the names of objects, animals, birds, uh, uh, people, uh, uh, everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was giving him that knowledge And they discussed Was this knowledge given to him through inspiration and ilham Or was it in a different way Al-Muhim When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Adam this knowledge Of the names of everything In essence language Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Showed them to the angels And said to the angels Allah said to the angels Tell me the names of these things Tell me the names of these things If you are truthful If you are truthful in the fact That it is a That Adam and his Will cause bloodshed If you are truthful in the fact That you are constantly in praise of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And uh, name these things And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't teach the angels these things, but he taught them to Adam. This shows you that superiority lies in knowledge. It lies in knowledge. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is establishing the virtue of Adam over the angels through what he knows. Again, this religion of ours is a religion that emphasizes ilm. And it, 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 it's a noble thing to have knowledge. So how do the angels respond that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests them and asks them to name these things if they are truthful? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the angels say, قَالُوا سُبْحَانَكَ لَا إِلْمَ لَنَا The angels said, glory be to you, O Allah, there is no knowledge that we have. لَا إِلْمَ لَنَا We possess no knowledge. إِلَّا مَا عَلَّمْتَنَا Accept that which you have taught us. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَلِيمُ الْحَكِيمُ Verily it is you, O Allah, that is the all-knower and the all-wise. Oh Allah, you are the one who has the knowledge of everything. Oh Allah, you are the most wise. You are wise in your decisions and you are wise in your creation of Adam. So the angels start glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mentioning that they have no knowledge except that which Allah taught them and they don't know, that they can't answer the question that Allah uh, posed to them which is name these things. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Adam, Ya Adamu anbi'uhum bi asma'ihim. Oh Adam, Tell them the names of these things. Oh Adam, tell them the names. So then Adam starts naming them. 
He starts naming all the things. And when he had informed them of the names, then Allah said to them, Have I not told you that I know the ghayb, the unseen in the heavens and the earth, that Allah knows everything? O oh, angels, have I not told you I possess knowledge over all things? Ghayb means the unseen. We came across this term ghayb in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah. الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who believe in the unseen. So now you know what ghayb means, that which is unseen. So uh, Allah says, I have the knowledge, have I not told you that I know of the ghayb in the heavens and the earth, and I know what you reveal and that which you are concealing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ غَيْبَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ I know the unseen with regards to the heavens and the earth, Allah says, and I know that which you make apparent, that which you reveal, and that which you have been concealing, that which you have been concealing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after establishing that Adam has knowledge, after honoring Adam with this knowledge, after testing the angels, do they have this knowledge? Allah then established that he is the one that has all knowledge, he is the all-knower, and that he has the ilm of the ghayb, in the heavens and the earth, and that he knows that which they are revealing, that which is apparent, and that which you have been concealing. The scholars, they ask and they pose this question, what is it that the angels were concealing? And the scholars say, what they have been concealing is not related to the angels, that Iblis was also in this gathering. And Iblis is concealing his disbelief. He's concealing his arrogance. He's concealing his jealousy of Adam. Why is Adam getting the special treatment? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, I know that which you are hiding. Referring to Iblis himself. There are many benefits that we can learn from these verse. Um, one of them is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is, has no limit. And ikhwani wa ikhwati fillah, this is something that we all know. But... From our daily life, it is something that perhaps isn't apparent. If you know Allah knows everything that you're doing, then that should uh, give you a sense of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah knows what you're up to every single moment. Not, does, not only does Allah know what you are doing, but Allah knows what you are concealing. What's in your inner thoughts and what's in your inner heart, Allah knows. Like Allah says in the Quran, يَعْلَمُ wa Allah knows that which is hidden, the secrets, and that which is even more hidden. So, there is nothing that you can hide from the Almighty. And because of this, it is important that what you conceal in your heart and what is apparent from your actions should always be good. And if you are someone that portrays good in your actions but hide a lot of wrong, then who are you similar to? A group of people that we have discussed last week and the week before, which was the hypocrites, who in their apparent actions do good but are hiding their disbelief. And what did Allah tell us here? That Allah knows ma tubduna, that which you reveal, wa ma kuntum taktumun, and that which you have been concealing. So again, uh, the virtue of Adam is being established here. Adam is among the prophets that mentioned in the Quran a lot of times, by the way. Allah mentions Adam in the Quran about 25 times. He's mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Imran, Surah Al-Ma'idah, Surah Al-A'raf, Surah Al-Isra', Kahf. Maryam, Taha, and also Surah Yasin. So uh, Allah establishes Adam's uh, virtue and honor by making him the Khalifa, number one. Number two, by teaching him all the names. Number three, by establishing his superiority over the angels through this knowledge. Now we see another way Allah is honoring Adam salam. Allah says, وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَا Mention, O Muhammad, and remember when we said to the angels, Usjudu li Adam, prostrate to Adam, fasajadu illa Iblis. They all made sujood, except for Iblis. Abba, he refused, was takbar and became arrogant, and was among the disbelievers and the disobedient. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, Mention, O Muhammad, and remember when we, again, why am I saying mention, O Muhammad? Because this the Qur'an is being revealed upon our Prophet. So it is our Prophet that is relaying this to us. And Allah is saying, وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ And remember when we said to the angels, سُجُدُوا لِآدَمِ Make sujood for Adam. 
This is another way of the Allah honored Adam by telling the angels to bow down to him. Now, this might confuse some people because we have been taught and we know you're not supposed to bow down and make sujood for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is true. We're not supposed to make sujood. Why? Because sujood is a ibadah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, لا تسجدوا للشمس ولا للقمر واسجدوا لله Do not prostrate for the sun or the moon, but only prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, in this story, it is Allah himself who's ordering them to make sujood. So in the end, what we do and don't do depends on what Allah asks us. We will make sujood to Allah because Allah told us to make sujood for him alone. The angels are told to make sujood for who? For Adam. So they're supposed to do that. It's about who is telling you. And also, we know that the people that came before us had different laws than us. There were certain things that were haram to the people that came before us that were allowed for us and vice versa. For instance, we know in the story of Yusuf that, remember the dream that he sees that the sun and the moon and, and stars are making sujood for him? And in the end of his story, his brothers and his mother and father make sujood for him, they prostrate, and they say this is sujudu tahiyyah. This is a type of greeting which was allowed in their laws but was prohibited in our law. It was prohibited from us. So we cannot greet each other or honor each other by bowing down or making sujood. But for the people that came before us, it was something that was allowed. And this shows you that every ummah and nation, the details of their of their uh, their faith and their uh, religion was different, but the usul stayed the same. The foundation stayed the same. It wasn't like the people of Prophet Isa were told to worship other than Allah, or that the angels don't exist, and then for us it's different. The basics are always the same, the foundations are always the same, the beliefs are always the same, but the acts of worship, the do's and don'ts, the haram and halal, that was what's different from one nation to another. So, for us, Greeting someone and honoring someone with sujood is not allowed. But for the people that came before us, it was allowed. What is the evidence for that? The story of Yusuf salam. And also, here we see Allah ordering the angels to honor Adam by prostrating uh, uh, to him uh, in a manner of greeting and honor. It was not worship. Because worshiping other than Allah is never allowed. Never allowed. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَى وَاسْتَكْبَرْ وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ And remember when we said to the angels, prostrate for, before Adam, and they did, except for Iblis, Shaitan, he refused, Abba refused, وَاسْتَكْبَرْ was arrogant and proud, وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ and was among the disbelievers and disobedient. Okay, so, the angels are told to make sujood for Adam, فَسَجَدُوا They immediately did it. The word فَسَجَدُوا the first letter is a fa. Fasajadu here is referring that they did it immediately. They didn't hesitate. They didn't question. And that is the nature of the angels. They worship Allah. La Allaha ma amarahum. They never disobey when Allah tells them to do something except for Iblis. Now here is a question that a lot of people wonder. Was Iblis from the angels? Because Allah says all the angels made to do it except Iblis. So you'd assume he will he was from the angels. And this is why you, you, the famous story that everyone says, Iblis is a fallen angel. He was an angel, but then when he refused to bow down to Adam, when he refused to obey Allah, he became the devil, he became shaitan, he became Iblis, but he was an angel before that. And that is incorrect for a number of reasons. Iblis was never from the angels, based on the following. Number one, angels don't disobey Allah. And we know this by the Quran. So angels do not disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ever The fact that Iblis disobeyed Allah Shows you that he is not among the angels Number two What they are created from Allah mentions that uh, Or that the angels are, are created from Nur And the jinn is created from uh, Fire Smokeless fire So you have another uh, reason why he is not among the angels His origin is not the same His nature is not the same they are never in disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whereas we know Iblis refused and was arrogant and proud, something that the angels never are. And also explicitly in the Quran, Allah says, إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ كَانَ مِنَ الْجِنِّ In Surah Isra, Allah literally says, He was from the jinn. He was from the jinn. So, 
although there were some of the Salaf that mentioned this and were, and were sympathetic towards the view that he was from the angels, but the Sarih of the Quran, the, the, the Quran and the Sunnah clearly show and highlight that Iblis was from the jinn, not from the angels. But he was among them. He was among them. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Iblis refused. Was takbar and became arrogant, or was arrogant and proud. His refusal is mentioned first, and then him being proud and arrogant is mentioned after. Abba refused. And this is something that we have to be very careful of. Those who refuse to follow the commandments of Allah. This is very dangerous. For example, Allah tells us to pray, someone says no. Allah tells us, the sisters to wear hijab, I am not going to wear hijab. I refuse to wear hijab. I refuse to pray. I refuse to go to hajj. I refuse to fast. This is among the most dangerous things one can do. And what that type of refusal, it comes from a place of what? Wastakbara. A place of arrogance. A place of pride. Something that if you have, you won't even enter Jannah. The Prophet said, any hadith, anyone that has, anyone that has the, the smallest amount of arrogance in their heart, they will not enter Jannah. We are supposed to be humble creatures. And be humble before our Lord. And say, yes, O oh Allah, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear and we obey. That's how you get to Jannah. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, كُلُّ الْجَنَّةِ إِلَّا مَنْ أَبَى All of my ummah will enter Jannah except those who refuse. Except those who say, Abba, refuse. Just like Iblis said right here. And then they said, the Prophet, the Sahaba said, وَمَنْ يَأْبَى يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Who would refuse, O Messenger of Allah? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever obeys me has entered Jannah, and whoever disobeys me has refused. So, وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ And he was among the disbelievers and the disobedient. So, Iblis, his disobedience led to his kufr. And the term kana was shows you that he already decided that he was going to disobey. That he didn't become a kafir once he refused. He already was a kafir because he already had this arrogance inside of him. And this shows you that kufr is not just amali, it's not just the action or the refusal of, but it's also a sense of belief and what you internalize. So, one more time. Allah says, remember O Muhammad, when we said to the angels, make sujood for Adam, فسجدوا, they all did. They made sujood. Illa Iblis, except for Iblis, who was not from the angels, by the way, was from the jinn. Abba, he refused. and he became proud and arrogant. He was among the disbelievers and the disobedient. The word kafir, and we mentioned, we came across this word kafir when we were uh, talking about uh, the three categories of mankind the believers, the non-believers, and the hypocrites, the Muslims, the kuffar, and the munafiqun, that inna kafaru, those who have disbelieved. The word kafara doesn't literally mean only to disbelieve or lack of faith. Kafara, it, comes, uh, it means uh, to conceal something or to hide something or to even reject. Uh, those are all ways of that the kufr is used. And this is why the scholar said to reject uh, and refuse to follow the laws of Allah is a form of kufr. So Iblis isn't disbelieving in Allah's existence. He's there conversing with Allah and refusing to listen. So it's not like Iblis doesn't believe in Allah's existence. He does. It is not like Iblis doesn't understand these commandments are coming from God. He knows. It is the fact that he refuses outright to follow them. And is so arrogant, he says, they don't apply to me. I'm not going to listen. This is a form of kufr. This is a form of kufr uh, that exists. So there are different types where one can become a disbeliever. One is lack of faith. I don't believe in Allah. I don't believe in Prophet Muhammad. And the other one is lack of obedience. And we're talking about not the odd mistake here and there and the odd sin here and there. Someone that's saying, you know what? Prayer and hijab and Quran and Ramadan and, and hajj, that don't apply to me. Not me. That is a form of kufr. When someone refuses to accept that these rules apply to them. Now once you accept they apply to you and you try to do them, if you have shortcomings, that is sinful. But that is not kufr. Something to keep in mind as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, وَقُلْنَا يَا آدَمُ اسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَجَوْجُكَ لَلْجَنَّةِ Allah then said, we said to Adam, O oh Adam, اسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَجَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةِ 
live you and your wife or reside you and your life you and your wife in Jannah. So his wife wasn't mentioned before. Adam's wife was not mentioned in the first verse when Allah was talking about the Khalifa. It was not mentioned uh, during the conversation between the angels and Adam and when Adam was taught the names of everything. Uh, even when the whole uh, story of the sujood and the prostration, Hawa is not mentioned or, or the wife of Adam is not mentioned, she's mentioned now. And the scholars derive from this that it is now that she's created. After, after the order of the prostration, after that, Hawa was created. And also we learn from this verse when Allah said, we said to Adam, reside you and your wife in Jannah, dwell you and your wife in paradise, that she was created before they are told to just live in Jannah. And this is in opposition or uh, to the belief of some of the Christians that say that Adam lived a long time in paradise by himself and became lonely and then he was given a spouse. It shows you know from outright she went into Jannah with him or she was told to reside with him in Jannah. Uh, Adam's wife is known as Hawa and uh, she was created from his rib. She was created from Adam's rib. So she was created from Adam. And this is very clear in the Quran in Surah An-Nisa when Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said ya ayyuhan nasuttaqu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahida fair your lord who has created you from one life Adam wa khalaqa minha zawjaha and created from that his wife so uh, the wife of Adam was created from him and this hadith clearly mentions that it was from his rib so that's how Hawa was created then they are told both to reside in Jannah wa kula minha raghadan and both eat from there freely, with delight, with no limitations. Eat from there ragadan freely, and with pleasure and delight. So they were told to live in Jannah, to eat from Jannah, to enjoy and reside in Jannah. And there was one rule. What was that rule, Ikhwanifillah? And do not go near this tree. Do not go near this tree. Why? Because if you do so, you will both be among the ظالمون, the wrongdoers. So here you find that Adam is allowed entry into Jannah with his wife. He's told to dwell therein. He's told to enjoy them, themselves. They are both told. They are both told that they can eat from there wherever they want. Raghadan, uh, freely, with delight and pleasure. Wherever you want, whenever you want, however you want. Except what? Do not go near this tree. Some of the scholars derive from this that this, uh, this incident itself of them being refused to eat from that one tree was a dalil that they were not meant to stay in Jannah forever. And also earlier when Allah says I'm going to create a Khalifa for the Ard I'm going to create a, a, a successor that they meant to stay on the Ard. They were meant to come to earth. And that the dwelling in Jannah was meant to be temporarily anyway Because mankind was supposed to live on earth Not in Jannah They will return eventually to Jannah If they follow the path that Allah has set out for them May Allah make us among those So Adam and Hawa are told by Allah Almighty To enjoy themselves in Jannah Uskun live or dwell Enter you O Adam Wazawjuka and your wife Al-Jannah Another thing that's important to highlight is Allah said wazawjuk Right, a lot of people they, they they tend to call the wife zawjah with a ta at the end, so it would be zawjatuk, right? Zawj, zawjah, and uh, in the um, in the Arabic language, the word zawj is referred to the wife as well, so it doesn't have to have the ta uh, with it. Allah says, "Wazawjuka and your wife, al jannah, live in jannah, wa kulla, and both of you eat from it, ragadan, freely and with delight." From wherever you want So there were no limits set to them Except for that one which is Do not go near this tree And this was a trial and test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala What was this tree? What was this tree? Allah knows best Was it, uh, some scholars say it was a grape uh, tree Others said it was an apple uh, That he ate uh, Or that we were told not to eat from uh, Allah knows best Allah didn't tell us the nature of the tree And that's not important We have to know that they refused to do one thing and if you do so, you will be among the wrongdoers. So, another benefit from this ayah is how Allah talks to them. Allah tell, don't, doesn't tell them, وَلَا تَأْكُلَا مِنَ الشَّجَرَةِ Do not eat from this tree. That's not what they're told. They're told, وَلَا تَقْرَبَا Do not come near it. And this shows you 
that the khitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to them, and Allah is telling them to not go near it, that this is a better and a more preventive measure from staying away from haram. Not just don't do it, don't go near it. This is why when Allah was talking to us about zina and adultery and fornication, what did Allah say? وَلَا تَقْرَبُ zina. Do not go near zina. And the scholars derive from that, that means don't do zina, don't even do anything that might lead you on that path. So close all doors that might lead to it. So, this is also, it, 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 there are some benefits in the wording as well. Do not go near it. If you do so, you will be among the wrongdoers. Why? Because clearly, wrongdoing is when you transgress upon the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah tells you, don't do something. If you don't do it, you're a wrongdoer, you're a zalim. If Allah tells you to do something and you stay away from it, you're a zalim as well. فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانِ The word zalla means to slip, slip up. Right? And it's used a lot of times in reference to a mistake. فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانِ Then the shaytan made them slip. Right? So they fell into the mistake. What was the mistake they ate from the sajra? فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانِ The shaytan made them slip. فَأَخْرَجَهُمَا مِمَّا كَانَ فِيهِ And he got them out from that which they were in. He got them out from that which they were in. So, what happened? Clearly they ate from the fruit that they were not supposed to. They ate from the tree that they were not supposed to. And this is clear in another verses in the Quran. Allah explains this in more detail what happened. So the shaitan kept on convincing them, speaking to them. And one of the things that he did was, Allah said in the Quran, وَقَاسَمَهُمَا إِنِّي لَكُمَا لَمِنَ النَّصِحِينَ He swore and made an oath to them that he is among the people that are giving them good nasiha, advising them. And among things, this is Sajratul Khuld. This is, the, if you eat from this tree, uh, you will become like the angels. And those who will live forever, right? So, he appealed to their, uh, he said, you will gain more power, you will gain, you will live forever. Things that everyone loves to do, right? Something that could appeal to the nature of the human beings. We all want to live forever. Hence, that's one of the rewards that Allah gives us. May Allah make us among those that live forever in Jannah. So, so the shaitan put a lot of work in. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned them, uh, the, uh, Adam and Hawa, to stay away from shaitan. In many verses, Allah tells us that he warned them. But they were, became susceptible to his uh, um, advances and they, he convinced them to fall into this trap and to eat from the fruit, which they did. And as soon as they did, all the consequences happened. And here we learn some of the consequences. So they slipped up because of shaitan. Then the shaitan made them slip therefrom and from Jannah as well, right? Because they lost Jannah because of this mistake. And he got them out from that which they were in, which was the pleasures of Jannah. Allah then said, We told them, Get down all of you. With enmity between yourselves. This verse, Ikhwani Akhwati Fillah, is referring to that now they have been casted out from Jannah and sent to the earth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that said, Ba'dukum li ba'din adu, one of you will be the enemy to the other. And we know that the shaitan is the enemy of mankind. We know mankind within themselves will become enemies to each other. This is just the nature of who we are. And on earth will be a dwelling place for you. This is where you will reside from now on. Early it was uskurul jannah, live in jannah. Now the earth has become your dwelling place. Is that forever or will there be a chance to return to jannah? No, it's not forever. Allah says, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُسْتَقَرٌ وَمَتَاعٌ And a place for your enjoyment. إِلَى For a time. So, the time that we're going to spend on earth is limited. It is for a time. Then we will return back to Allah. And we know this because we mentioned last week when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا فَأَحْيَاكُمْ ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Eventually you go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that was the case for Adam and Hawa. And that was the case for Iblis. Everyone will come back to Allah eventually. But for now they were cast, they were sent down to earth. قُلْ نَهْبِطُوا بَعْضُكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ عَدُوٍ there will be enmity between yourselves and for the earth for you will be a dwelling place and a place of enjoyment for a period of time. So, that was the consequence 
of their actions. Now, we have two mistakes that happened, right? The first error, the first mistake, the first sin was what? The fact that Iblis refused to bow down to Adam because of his arrogance. So, we know two things now. We know that Iblis, his sin, came from a place of arrogance, number one. Number two, we know Iblis carried on with his arrogance and didn't repent. Didn't repent. Now, you have our father Adam and our mother Hawa, who sinned, not out of arrogance. Not out of arrogance. They slipped up, they made a mistake, they let shaitan influence them. Right? So we know that the origin of their sin, the reason they committed the sin was not the same. It wasn't out of pride. Two, we know they repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know from our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said, Man taba whoever repents is like the one who didn't sin at all. And here we learn an important lesson and the main moral of the story. Our father Adam, who is like us, a human being, who had the potential to make a mistake and an error, which he did, how did he react to that? How did he react to that? Then Adam received words from his Lord. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted his repentance. Indeed Allah is the one who accepts repentance and the one who is the most merciful. So here we know Adam was taught kalimat from Allah. He received words from Allah to say that resulted in Allah accepting his repentance. And what were these words? You'll find that in Surah Al-A'raf where they said قَالَ رَبَّنَا إِنَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِنْ لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ O oh, our Lord, indeed we have wronged ourselves. ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا We have wronged ourselves. وَإِنْ لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا And if you do not forgive us وَتَرْحَمْنَا And have mercy on us لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ We will be among the losers. And of course Allah accepted the repentance. You've learned from the story that if you make a mistake Ask Allah to forgive you and Allah will forgive you. Repent and Allah, Allah will accept your repentance. Don't be like Iblis who was arrogant and that was the reason he sinned. Don't be like Iblis who never came back from his mistake. Be more like Adam salam. And this is why the Prophet said, Adam Every son of Adam often falls into mistakes. And the best among those who fall into these errors and these sins are those who repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is the, uh, the story that uh, we learned today from Adam salam, How Allah introduced the creation of Adam to the angels before he even creates him How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended for him to be a khalifa A successive authority that will establish Allah's laws and rules upon the land That they will uh, inherit one another uh, One after the other generation after the generation the fact that, yes, they have the potential to cause corruption and bloodshed, but there will be many great people from amongst them, which is why Allah said, I know that which you do not know. We know how among Adam's virtues is that he was taught the names of everything. The names of everything. And on the Day of Judgment, when people are running to different prophets to intercede on their behalf, a lot of people will go to a Prophet Adam and they will praise him. And among the things they will say is, And Allah has taught you the names of everything. We know that Allah establishes his superiority through knowledge. We also know that the angels, they constantly praise Allah Almighty and they purify themselves. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew about uh, Iblis, how Iblis is not among the angels at all and is among the jinn and that he uh, refused to obey Allah Almighty due to his arrogance and instead of looking at the one who is telling him, he looked at what is being told, a mistake that many people fall into, they forget who is commanding you and they just focus on the command itself. And it's always good to remember that if Allah is telling you to do something, don't worry about what you're being told, do it for you are a servant of Allah Almighty. And then finally, how Adam and Hawa were entered into Jannah and they, they lived there for a period of time, but then because of shaitan and his influence, they ate from the food they were not supposed to, and as a result, they were sent down to earth, which made a dwelling place for them and their children and their descendants for a while, and one day we will all return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Adam and Hawa received words from their Lord to say, 
and that word with the word of repentance is mentioned in Surah Al-A'raf and Allah accepted the repentance for Allah is the one that not only accepts the repentance of those who error but initiated in their hearts to begin with because He is the most merciful. I'm going to stop here at verse 37 today. هذا وأخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته.